greatest symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. Hello and welcome to the Hogan Era Podcast. I am, of course, your host, J.P. John Paz, right here on the two-man power trip of wrestling's podcasting empire, part of the TMPT feed here each and every week. 
We talk about the greatest era ever in the history of the wrestling business, 1984 to 1993 in the WWF. That's right, the Hogan era. Hulk Hogan, the greatest professional wrestler of all time, the greatest sports entertainer of all time, the biggest money-making draw ever in the history of the business. He puts an ass every 18 inches when he fills up those stadiums and fills up those venues. He is, of course, the immortal Hulk Hogan each and every week here on the Hogan Era podcast. We're talking about the golden era of wrestling, the greatest era in the history of the business. And we're talking about the era that made Vince McMahon a retired billionaire. So each and every week here on the show, we're talking about some of the greatest matches, moments, feuds of all time, of course, involving the Immortal Hulk Hogan. When we talk about the Immortal Hulk Hogan, we have to talk about some of these great matches and feuds and moments that he had with so many different opponents. It's insane how many different opponents he was able to have great matches with. I mean, we've talked about Piper. We've talked about Andre the Giant. We've talked about Savage. We've even talked about Don Morocco and Cowboy Bob Orton and Terry Funk and Harley Race and Bad News Brown and The Earthquake, The Undertaker, Yokozuna, Sid Vicious, Sid Justice, Psycho Sid, whatever you want to call him, The Nature Boy, Ric Flair, Rick Rude, Jake the Snake Roberts. I mean, you name it. And we've talked about it on the show. You name it. And he feuded with them during that Hogan era. Whether it was a long feud, short feud, whatever, it was a money-generating feud, and he was just a money-generating machine. And this week on the show, we're going to go into a little bit more of the Rare Archives. I've been talking a lot about his time in Japan during the Hogan era, because I feel like a lot of fans may not realize this, but he spent a decent amount of time over there and drew some really big houses and some really big crowds over there During the Hogan era, so over there meaning in the Far East and in Japan, and I know some people may be surprised by it, but man, like Vince was pretty open to doing some business over there where he saw that there may be an opportunity to make some more revenue and make some more money. And man, there was a a big open market and there was some good stuff that he was able to do and a lot of money generated he was able to make. Whether it be with Great Muda, like we mentioned in New Japan Pro Wrestling, whether it be SWS, which we'll, we'll talk about today, maybe a little bit of All Japan as well. And obviously there was the WWF All Japan New Japan show who we talked about with Stan Hansen from a few weeks ago. But this is going to be different. Today we're going to talk about Tenru, Genichiro Tenru, really a absolute legend over there in Japan, one of the greatest Japanese wrestlers of all time. If you want to talk about you know, guys that could wrestle and work and, and be able to put on good matches, but also draw big-time money, Tenru is your guy. I mean, you're going to love this guy. Uh, he's a big, hulking guy. He's not as big as Hogan, obviously. I mean, he's like 6'2", 280. I mean, he's a, he's a big guy. No, he's not small by any measure, but, you know, obviously worked very stiff. I think a lot of people may know or may not know he really started his career as a sumo wrestler, and he did quite well in the Japanese Sumo Association, and he was able to make a name for himself and make a career, but that was before 1976, and that was before he started with All Japan Pro Wrestling and really was scouted by Giant Baba from the sumo world to come into the pro wrestling world. And he was trained by Dory Funk and Terry Funk. So, you know, he's got a damn good reputation and you know, he's got some damn good training, obviously recruited by Baba trained a little bit by Baba, but most training was done by a little bit of Terry, but mostly Dory Funk jr. When you look at his career, obviously, you know, you're talking about all Japan, 
He had a few runs there. He wrestled pretty much everywhere and anywhere in Japan. Just, you know, some, maybe some, some short little feuds here and there and other organizations. But really, he was the promoter of SWS, Super World of Sports, and War, which I feel like a lot of people um, would, would know him from maybe best. War really became just a, a gigantic promotion, obviously, you know, Onita. Was was a was a part of there at one point. Takata, Muda, Hashimoto, Chono. I mean, a lot of names went through there, and obviously Ultimo Dragon, Chris Jericho. A lot of names you'd be very very familiar with. But SWS was really a, a big force while trying to compete. I know War Two on on a smaller scale. SWS was really competing with All Japan and New Japan and running Tokyo Dome and running huge venues and running huge shows and making deals with Vince McMahon and the WF and trying to become this just gigantic promotion. And, you know, they really, they had a lot of success. And, and I know if you look at Tenru, it's one of those things where is the success from him? Probably, you know, just based off of him and, and his name and what he's able to do, because he is an IWGP world heavyweight champion. He was an IWGP tag team champion. You know, he wrestled everywhere. He, he did pretty much everything you could do in the world of professional wrestling in Japan. Three time, triple crown champion in all Japan. So he's got a huge reputation and somebody going to put the back, you know, uh, his, his put the company on his back and, and do big things. So to me, just an absolute legend, an absolute icon in Japan. And it's awesome that SWS and WWF are going to be able to make these deals because you get to see these awesome matches and these rare matches and these matches you may have not seen anywhere else or maybe weren't accustomed to seeing like Hulk Hogan and Tenru versus the Road Warriors in 1991, which we talked about last week when we talked about the Road Warriors run and, and you know, slight little feud against the Hulkster. But without SWS and without Vince McMahon saying it's okay, I mean, we're, we're never going to get the Road Warriors against Hogan. And if they're going to have a tag match, you got to have the lead horse, the top guy for the SWS, and that is Tenru. So on 3-30-1991, I know we talked about this last week, was the WrestleFest in the Tokyo Dome in Tokyo, Japan. Of course, the Road Warriors, Hawk and Animal, defeated Tenru and Hogan by countout in 14 minutes. But it's just amazing that that match even occurred. Well, Road Warriors, Hogan, Tenru, who was just a huge name in Japan. And yes, Road Warriors and Hogan are a big name everywhere. But if you want to sell 36,000 tickets, you're going to need the help of Tenru, who was the lead dog for SWS and one of the biggest names in the history of Japan. I'd say top 10. If you want to say top five or six, you could definitely throw his name in there. You got Anoki, Baba, Great Muda, Hashimoto is a huge name. I mean, there's some big ones. Kawada, Misawa, Kobashi. You got some Jushin Thunder Liger, Tiger Mask. I mean, you got some awesome big names. I throw Tenru, maybe not the top, but right there in the middle with those big names. And, man, he was just an awesome wrestler, an awesome worker, and a huge draw for them. So with that and and with that show, obviously, you know, you had Ultimate War. You had Macho Man on that show. You had the Hard Foundation. You had Demolition. And then you had a bunch of Japanese names that were were pretty big in Japan. So 36,000, pretty damn good in the Tokyo Dome considering you had New Japan and Old Japan also fighting and working the Tokyo Dome as well. Obviously, you need the Hulkster and if you want to draw that big crowd, and that's exactly you know what they were able to do. And obviously, when you have the Hulkster and Tenru teaming there, it's almost like, hmm, they lose by count out. They're teasing some dissension there. 
Hogan and Tenru are, are two big names. They're gunning for each other. They've talked about each other in promos. Seems like there's more to it than that. It seems like they're building to something, and yes, they really were. On 12-12-1991, they were building to another huge show at the Tokyo Dome. This time, 61,500 people. Wowza! At the Tokyo Dome in Tokyo, Japan for SWS. And this show was called Super Wrestle in the Tokyo Dome. So, uh, you know, they tried to keep the wrestle and wrestle fest and super wrestle. And I know some of the words when you put them together in Japanese, it's like super wrestle. Does it really go together? Well, the Japanese it does. And it, and it plays okay over here as well. But that was a huge show in Japan in 1991 when maybe WWF was waning a little bit. In late 91, maybe they weren't drawing as well, but hey, Hogan was still a gigantic, huge name internationally and just a huge star that if you put him against a big star like Tenru, who's just a gigantic star in Japan, you know it was going to draw some money. Good match. For some reason, I don't know why Meltzer, I know he underrates a lot of the Hogan matches in general, but he didn't like it as much, but I liked it. I thought it was a really good, strong, tough, hard-hitting match. I always enjoyed Hogan matches in Japan. Definitely something different and definitely something you're not used to him seeing in that that style or that fashion. So definitely a, a different side of the Hulkster. And Hulkster wins. In 14 minutes, he gets the pinfall victory over Tenru. But that's what they were building for with the Hogan and Tenru teaming match earlier, about seven months earlier. Then maybe eight months, really. But then you... you build up to Hogan versus Tendra in the one-on-one match. And yes, the first match did 36,000, which is great. I mean, that's a great number, but maybe a little down for the Tokyo Dome. So, hey, let's run it back and let's do you know a bigger show and let's have Hogan in the main event in a one-on-one match against our big star Tenru. And you get 61,000 people. So, you know, you're almost doubling the audience of having them have a one-on-one match. You could tell, you know, obviously the fans were definitely, definitely clamoring for Hogan versus Tenru. Their boy, one of their stars, one of their homegrown guys against the immortal Hulk Hogan. Hogan gets the win, of course, because this is, you know, this is Hulk. He's not necessarily going to take a lot of losses, even in Japan. He is a god of wrestling, and you're going to, you know, treat him as such. And obviously Tenru and Japan has no problem with Hulkster, you know, taking the to victory there at all. So just looking at it, it's like Tenru post Hogan era would make a few appearances in the WWF, the 1993 Royal Rumble, which is in the Hogan era. And then post Hogan era, he was in the 1994 Royal Rumble as well. So there was a great relationship with WWF and with new, with uh, SWS, excuse me. And with Tenru, because, you know, they used him quite a bit outside of just the SWS shows, outside just of just, you know, just those two Hogan matches. He did have some other matches in the WWF. I mean, he was used pretty well, and he, he was kind of decently thought of. So outside of just the Hogan matches, let's talk about some other matches he had with WWF. 4-13-1990, the WWF... All Japan, New Japan Wrestling Summit from the Tokyo Dome, which we talked about with Hogan and Stan Hansen headlining. Tenru actually beat Macho Man Randy Savage in 11 minutes on that show. Then 12-7-1990 SWS versus WWF Tournament. They had a big-time tournament on that day, so there were several matches, but Tenru defeated DiBiase in 15 minutes in the semifinals, and then Tenru defeated Koji Katao in 10 minutes in the final. There really was calling this the Osaka Fighting Party Begins events, and this was held in Osaka, Japan. But 
it was really the SWS versus WWF. Then, of course, I think everybody will remember Tenru and Cattell, 324-1991, Superstars and Striped Forever, WrestleMania 7, pay-per-view event from, from the L.A. Memorial Sports Arena in Los Angeles, California. Then on 12-14-1991, Tenru defeated Haku in Honolulu, Hawaii. Then on 9-15-1992, there's a WWF World Heavyweight title match, best two out of three falls from Yokohama, Japan, Ric Flair versus Tenru. Goes to a draw, and the match ends in about 38 minutes. So that's a good one to check out there. Flyer 10 rare match, 1992, for the WWF World Heavyweight title, a part of a WWF and War co-promoted show. Then on 124, 1993, Yokozuna defeats everyone and wins the Royal Rumble at the Arco Arena in Sacramento, California. Of course, Tenru is in that match as well. Then on 125, 1993, the next night, a part of a Superstars taping in San Jose, California, we have Tenru defeating the Brooklyn Brawler in about three minutes and 25 seconds. Then a part of Royal Rumble 1994, 122, 1994 in Providence, excuse me, at the Providence Civic Center in Providence, Rhode Island. Bret Hart and Lex Luger were the co-winners of that Royal Rumble. Of course, Tenru was playing a heel and was part of the Mr. Fuji stable along with the Great Kabuki trying to take out. Lex Luger, a part of that show. It doesn't work because it's Brett and Luger are the co-winners, but Tenru was a part of that one, so part of two major shows there. And then, you know, really that's post-Hogan era, obviously. The Tenru-Brooklyn Brawler match kind of ends the Hogan era for Tenru, but going post-Hogan era, he still has a great relationship with the WWF. Royal Rumble 94, like I mentioned, then we have 5794, 5894, 5994, and 5194, all a part of a WWF four-night mania tour in Japan. We have Yokohama Mania, Nagoya Mania, Yosaka Mania, Sapporo Mania, all in those towns specifically. The first night, Tenru and Yokozuna, excuse me, Tenru and The Undertaker defeated Yokozuna and Bam Bam Bigelow in about 18 minutes. The next night saw Tenru and Macho Man Randy Savage defeat Adam Baum and Rick the Model Martel. Then Tenru fought Yokozuna to a double countout in about 15 minutes in Osaka, Japan. And finally, the show on 5-11-1994, Tenru defeated Macho Man Randy Savage, 12 minutes, 30 seconds in Sapporo, Japan. So that's his last run there as far as matches in the WWF. Great little run, great little feud with Hogan where they're drawing 36,000 and then 61,500 in 1991. So he was a huge star in Japan and a, and a major, major force in wrestling. He, of course, would play a major role in all Japan, like I said, in war, SWS, and, of course, New Japan Pro Wrestling as well. He'd, he'd be in Hustle I and mean, he'd be everywhere in Japan. A part of Tenru Project, of course, which was his old own promotion. He ended up retiring from wrestling in 2015. He had a you know sporadic matches here and there, but man, what a legendary career! What a great run for Tenru. And I love talking about these rare Hogan matches and these rare Hogan opponents that you may have not heard of or seen, but need to go out of your way to do it to see a different side of Hulkamania and a different side of the immortal Hulk Hogan. You gotta love Tenru, and you gotta love Hulkster's time. In Japan, to me, also you have to look at Tenru's other matches and other runs, like the match at WrestleMania Seven and the two Royal Rumbles, and think like, wow, he actually played you know, a little bit of a role in the WWF in, in the early to mid '90s. So, kudos to Tenru, and he made a great deal and had a great relationship with Vince McMahon. So, kudos to Tenru, and obviously, great stuff with the Immortal Hulk Hogan. So let's wind it down here and head towards the plugs. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Two Man Power Trip. Check out the website tnptempire.com and of course Patreon, patreon.com slash tnptempire. Like to thank everybody for tuning in and want to also 
recommend going to tpublic, tpublic.com slash stores slash TMPT, or go to tpublic.com and type in Hogan Era, and you'll see the awesome Hogan Era logo, which was done by Iron Skull. So love what JK does and what he's able to do there. Such a cool, awesome logo. And hey, when I met the Hulkster, I went down to Clearwater. Uh, hopefully all is well with the Hulkster now, but I went down there, met him, showed him obviously what I was working on as far as maybe uh, another project involving the Hulkster. He loved that, but he also mentioned he loved the graphics. So really cool stuff. And I recommend that highly to everybody head out on over to T public and Hey, buy the Hogan era shirt and let me know what you think. Good stuff there. Thank you everybody for tuning in. Thank you everybody for listening. We'll see you right back here next week for the Hogan era podcast. We'll see you next week, folks. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash TMPT Empire to become a patron. And also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two Man Power Trip, where the power lies brother.
91年ドーム最終決戦 SWS WWF 頂上対決天竜源一郎対ハルク・ホーガンの一戦この声が聞こえているんでしょうか菊池さん、はい、お互いが握手をして、はい、拍手が生まれているこの東京ドーム見どころを触れてくださいもうとにかくノンタイトルマッチですから両方思いっきり行ってくれると思いますただあの天竜は龍谷馬勝負やってきましたけどホーガンはこのところちょっとタイトルから縁はないんですけど、はい、あの11月にフレアに3連勝しますし体調はいいと思うんですねですからもう今日は2人絶好調のぶつかり合い期待したいですね新平さん、はい、3.30 のです、ね、レッスルフェスティン東京ドームも実況いたしました私ども、はい、3.30 に比べて今日の 12.12 スーパーレッスルイン東京ドームは本当に盛り上がってますねすごいですねでこの2人がともうリングに登場した時に私頭の中ボワーっとしちゃいましたいや天竜なのかはたまたハルク・ホーガンなのか泣いても笑っても91年ドーム最終決戦 SWSWWF 頂上対決まずはグランドの攻防天竜はホーガンをここに引っ張り出すために10月15日に登場して、はい、WWF の仕事を4回も会談して強引に押し切ってるでしょ、はい、社長としての自覚エースとしての自覚がそうさせたと思うんですよねもうこの一戦に天竜はかけてます先ほど菊池さんがこの両者はまあノンタイトルであるがゆえにお互いがファイトできるという話がありましたね、はいはいはい、天竜はですねタイトルは気にしていない、はい、あとは数々、あとは、まあとの言葉で考えると、ベルトがない方が楽なんだと言ってますよね、はい、あのホーガンもです、ね、ベルトがかかっていれば防衛に走るでしょ、はい、今日はもう防衛も何も考えずにまっすぐいけると思うんですよねなるほど、もうそういう意味では、新平さん、はい、2人が正面切ってぶつかり合ってくれるということは、もう間違いありませんねすごいですね、もう何も関係なくね、お互い戦うのみですね。もうあのワウワウで見てるねみんなもね絶対天竜コールやってますよグランドの攻防一瞬の静けさがこの東京ドームに戻ってきつつありますがしかしまだまだ天竜はハルクホーガンは一体この後どういうプロレスを見せてくれるんでしょうか天竜はあのパワーボーム10連発でもやってると言ってましたけど、はい、あの11月21日からの伊豆大島キャンプで張っていったぞ張っていったぞ昔力道山が使った手さぎりチョップを練習してたんですよね、はい、それが今日出るんじゃないかなとは期待してるんですけどね、はい、軽度目がバシッと入ったら効きますよこれはまあ、吉田天理はあの五番勝負を仮想、まあ、五番勝負を仮想方眼として自らをチェックし。はいはいはい、まあ、完了したと言われてますが、はいはい、技の面では万事固め突っ張り。はい、トペ、それからヘッドバット、ドロップキック、はい、DDT、天竜チョップと、はいはい、まあ、天竜の得意技をすべて出し切った。はい、いわゆる流行五番勝負でしたよね。はいはい、で、とどめはやはりパワーボンですよね。はい、もう五連発でも十連発でもやってると、まあ、あの身長差がありますけど。俺は馬場さんをかけたことがあるんだから、大丈夫だと言ってましたけどね。<笑>バックを取ったバックを取ってさらにバックの取り合いですがあと力で投げていくホーガンが天理を力で投げていった後半バックの取り合いヘッドロックかそのヘッドロックの右腕を外していった脇を固めて腕を固めていこうという天竜まあ実はですね、はい、天竜は自らをその禁じ手としていたそのチョップ、まあ、方眼戦で使うという話もあります、はいまあ、毛先切りチョップという力道山がよく使っていたというか、はい、力道山譲りのチョップなんですが、はいはい、これは今日見せてくれるんでしょうかね、菊さん楽しみにしてるんですけどね、二十何年ぶりに見られるかなと思うんですけど、はい、天竜の表情がすごく魅力的でいいですね。
んかこうやってみますと天竜は後半に対して余裕すらなんか見せるような表情も一発今映りましたね,ねやはり頂上対決もお互いに同額ですよねはいさあここに来いというここに来いという砲丸に対してちょっと表情を緩めた感がありますが天竜源一郎がスルスルっと寄っていく形組み合っていったバックの取り合いからこの辺がうまいぞこの辺りが歩く方がうまいぞ牧木さん、はい、個人的なスケジュールをそのプロレスに持ち込むのはですね、はい、必要ないとは思うんですが、はい、この 12.12、はい、今時計の時間がですねそろそろ10時を誘おうとしているハルクホーガンは今日は午後のですね、はい、おそらく夕方の便で成田に到着したばっかり、はいはい、試合開始してから多分ドーム入ってきたと思うんですよあのお父さんのあの心臓の手術であのフロリダリ,リ州タンパですか、はい、ですからあのそれに立ち会ってきたわけですからでもやっぱりそういった時差とか時差ボケとか全然感じさせないですねもう新平さん本当嬉しいですよねそうですね時差ボケを感じさせない熱く燃える天竜で目が覚めたって感じですね、はい、なるほどまあそのハルコーガンなんですが 11.27 にアンダーティーカにですねアンダーティーカにまあいわゆるベルトをダッシュされまた 12.3 に再びホーガンが挑戦し6分59秒エビ固めでまあアンダーティーカをですね破ったんですがところがまあ WWF の会長のジャック・タニーがそれを認めないと両者のベルトはえー、ベルトとして認めない、今 WWF の、ねはいはいえー、ヘビー級王者としては認めない、宙に浮いている状況ですよね、本来はこの戦いは、そのハルク・ホーガンが WWF のヘビーのベルトをかけての一戦だったんですが、はい、いやしかし、新平さん、見てる方としては、菊池さんがおっしゃるように、別にもうベルトなんか、そんなのは度外視して、今日は見たいですよねもうベルト関係ないです、この2人がね、1対1で戦ってるのは、ベルト以上の勝ちですよ、これは。張っていったぞ、張っていったぞ。ベルトがかかればどうしてもホーガンは逃げの戦術で防衛だけを考えるでしょない方がいいんですよね試合としては、うん、これホーガンと天竜の表情なんですが、はい、非常に厳しいのはハルクホーガンの方ですよね、はいはい、必要以上に、まあ、お互いの張り手をお互いがレフェリーにアピールしているパンチだパンチだ肩口からそして逆水平パンチを押し顔面をかきむしっていくハルクホーガンナックル決めのパンチを打つロープをスイングして自らスイングしてラリアットか足を掴んで倒していった足を掴んで秋梨健かいや他の逃げ方も早いですね早かったないや今の天竜はものすごかったですね足を掴んですぐにいやしかしエプロンサイドからその天竜をかけていったラリアットしかしそれはエルボーで返していくもう一回エルボーもう菊さん天竜もそれからハルクホーガンもすごい動きですよね青入ってますね危ないぞ天竜抑え込みはカウント2で返していったそして今度はスリーパーかいや違うどうやら顎を決めています天竜はどうでしょうか伊豆大島のキャンプで原尾ホーガンにとってアックスボンバー10発も20発も受けてみてるんですよねはいホーガンもせらしててからなんかまだアックスボンバー出さないですね今キックでしょ、うん完全に顎入ってましたからね,ねあれ、うん、むち打ち状態ですよ、うん、私は痛みがよくわかりますでしょうでしょう<笑>もう本当に身近な体験者ですからありがとうございますチンロックからスリーパーフォールおっと今不敵な笑いを浮かべているああ苦しそうだ真っ青になってきてるぞ紫色になってきてる天竜の顔面だスリーパーフォールドで顔面が真っ青になってきている天竜危ない危ない天竜源一郎
日米頂上対決ナックル組のパンチだナックルのパンチを額に見舞っているニュートラルコーナーに振ってあ早い,いやうわバシッと落としましたねダリアットを見舞っていったステップオーバーしてステップオーバーしてボストンクラブまだ重心は落ちていないまだ重心は落ちていないしかし苦しそうな表情の天竜もう完全に両者が乗ってきましたしかし今のところ流れはハルク・ホーガンロープエスケープからステップオーバーしていたボストンクラブを外した厳しい表情のハルク・ホーガンさあ天竜がこれはまあよく柔道で使う前方の受け身の体勢から懐に入っていこうというそういったアクションを見せた天竜源一郎ホーガンももうたっぷりと胸元に汗をかいているホーガンとそして天竜源一郎流れはほぼ互角滴り落ちる汗が滴り落ちるハルクホーガンお互いが目線でおっと今地獄好き喉元あたりですよねあっ左のパッドどうした左の膝をちょっと待ってください着地しだしました危ない危ない危ない円髄円髄円髄一発思わず思わず場外にエスケープ転がり込んでいる転がり落ちていったのはハルクホーガンそして天竜が椅子を持つ椅子を持ってあと左の左の膝左の太ももから膝にかけて菊さん、はい、天竜はホーガンのウィークポイントを左の腰左の膝と上げてるんですよね今あのジャンピングにバッてやった時に着地でちょっとひねったみたいなんですよねいやーこれはジャンピングにパットを見渡と天竜がラリアット見渡ともう一回エンズもう一回エンズ危ないぞ今度はハルクホーガンがダウンロープダウンロープでエスケープカウント2でロープエスケープハルクホーガンいやー気になるのはハルクホーガンの左膝着地に失敗したという話その左膝を容赦なく攻めている天竜源一郎もうこうやって見ますと天竜の事前のコメント通りホーガンのウィークポイントにピンポイントを絞ってますよね、はいはいはい、この映像で見ていただくとよくわかると思いますホーガンの古傷プラス先ほどのジャンピングニーパッドの着地失敗というまあ不運におっと,おっとサッカーボールキック危ないぞショートスパンでキックだ顔面,顔面に対して天竜がもう一回顔面キックを見舞っていく逆水平から背中にパンチをさあ天下のパワーパワーボーム危ないぞホーガン危ない危ないかろうじてかろうじてホーガンが返していったもう一回サミングミのパンチそしてオーディンスラムに取ったホーガンがちょっと足を引きずりながらギラシティロープ今度は天竜が危ないホーガンかはたまた天竜か SWSWWF 頂上対決スイングしてあっ,あっ,あっ,あっ,あっ,あっ一番コールだ危ない
足をあ逆に今度はエンゼル見舞っていたしかししかし左の右の膝と左の足をブロックしてロックしている天竜そしてそれをどうにかスリーパーでどうにかフェースロックで返していこうというお互いに関節をそして一方のホーガンは天竜の顔面を捉えているんですが東京ドームはホーガンとそして天竜コール真っ二つプレッシャーな表情のハルク・ホーガン無冠のホーガンが果たして爆発できるのかサッカーボールキックもう一発ショートスパンで蹴りを見舞っていくーホーガンが面を食らっているこのパンチは効果的逆水平一発もう一発逆水平ふらついているハルク・ホーガンスイングしてもう一回チアどうしたこれはエルボーを落とした天竜が今度は危ないぞエルボー2発呆然ギロチンドラップ3発目とどめの一発になるのか抑え込みの体勢カウントは右肩が上がっている右肩が上がったレフリーに対して必要以上にアピールハルコーガン完全に菊さん今のは右の肩が上がってましたよね上がってました上がってました軽いですけどね早い起きるまでにいかなかったおお珍しいぞホーガンのエンズイださあボンバーを見せるフラフラの状態天竜スイングしてもう一発スロッパー危ないバンジーキュースターカウント3カウント3あーすごいさんが今ため息をつかれました無冠のホーガンが爆発いやいかがでしたでしょうかいい試合でした本当もうそれだけですよく言えば勝ってほしかったですけどまあこれだけいい試合見せてもらえばもう十分ですよ新平さん2時目